It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. strategy show right here on the awesome.com youtube channel i'm dave locker and with me josh engelman and the show is sponsored by no house advantage josh how are we doing today pal pretty good looking look at you getting sponsors right and everything i didn't know we were allowed to do that shout out to no house advantage for that one can't get everything wrong can you no i tried to get some things right yesterday and some of them were really really right and it didn't even matter that's the worst part of it all what can you do hmm Well, anyway, we're happy to have all of you guys with us. Hit that thumbs up and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so yet. It's the best free content you're going to get out there, so show us some love. How'd your night go last night? So I was down. No surprises there. Uh, But I had the keys to the castle, and I just couldn't figure it out. Uh, I had over 20% Hassan Whiteside on FanDuel. Most Mm. of that I had before we even Mm. got that news. I took that chance. My, I had 35% David Nawaba. He was another key piece. The three top values on FanDuel were uh, Whiteside, Nawaba, Chetty Osman. Massively over the field on all three of those guys, and I didn't even sniff the top thousand because Ben Simmons decided to play basketball for the first time in his career. Yeah. Isn't it wild that when that guy decides he wants to score, he can just score at will almost? Yeah, I don't. That was against Utah's Utah too, who protects the paint extraordinarily well. He did whatever he wanted to. He got to the rack at will, aggressively. I mean, he looked fantastic, and it just makes me wonder why the hell he doesn't do that more often. I know. I tweeted yesterday, Josh, that you know people get excited about it, but that Ben Simmons great game was nothing but frustrating to me because he's going to wait two months to try it again. And I get that Embiid was was out, right? So he's not clogging up the paint. But that's not a good enough excuse because it's not like Joel Embiid is, is is a player who is entirely incapable of drifting out. His mid-range game is filthy good right now. He's knocking down threes at almost 40%. That's no excuse for Ben Simmons not to want to score. No, and that doesn't stop you from aggressively getting into the paint, too. By you right. moving that by you getting there that quickly. They're going to scramble. You are an athletic marvel out on the floor. Just keep doing that, man. I don't like, obviously it's not going to be like that every, like if Joel Embiid is there just because the the entire offense is going to shift slightly, but that doesn't mean that's not what you should be doing normally. 
So I don't know. It was it was wild. Uh, I didn't enjoy watching it at all. No. Oh, neither. by the way, uh, one year ago yesterday, NBA All Star Game, which means that uh, that's how we paid off the Pocky chip. Yeah, that's how you lost the, the bet. Yes. I, as a great friend, decided to go and take the dive with you. By the way, I one day one day I will reveal something to you that I think you'll you'll get a kick out of. But I think I must hold off for a little bit longer. Maybe I don't even know what this could be. Did you like fake late swap and you should have lost or something? Uh, no, 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 no. Fake uh, chip? What? One day, it, it has to do with all of that that went down, that transpired over those few weeks between the All-Star break and the chip chat. One day I will reveal it to you right here on the show, but I don't think we're there yet. Not yet. Anyway, I hate you for this. In other nothing, news, I hate this so much. I hate not news, knowing things. It's so miserable. In other oh. news, how good are the Utah Jazz? Like, I, I honestly think that this team. I, I thought of, I thought about putting a futures bet on them to win the finals. That's how good the, they are. They sm- I, I know it sounds crazy, right? Like I get it. I, I said it to Ben last night. Uh, our boy Jazz Raz. I was like, I, I get that it sounds nuts, but what I've seen from this team on the season, and then against Milwaukee. Running them off the off the court. I, of course, they didn't have holiday still. Running Miami off the court, back to back. Then running off the Sixers. Of course, no Joel Embiid, but the point still remains. They didn't have Mike Conley. This team looks phenomenal right now, Josh. And I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but Jordan Clarkson, you want to talk about a player that is making a massive difference, is the clear shoe-in for six-man as long as he doesn't get hurt. This is a really good basketball team. Yeah, I just I wonder if they're just uniquely set up to be really good in the regular season. We're talking about a team that doesn't right. really have any turnover. The only guy that they really brought in that's changing their team at all is Derek Favors, a guy that played multiple years in Utah. So it's not like he had to integrate in any weird way. I think the biggest piece for it really is, and it's a little bit different with Conley out. And they're obviously fantastic. I have no doubts in their performance whatsoever. Uh, Conley's finally understanding how to play with Rudy Gobert. He went from a pick and pop threat for Marcus Gasol, mm-hmm. delivering a ball in a pick and roll and a or a pick and pop in that scenario in a much different way than a full on only roll threat and lob threat like Gobert. That takes some time to get used to. I mean, Mike Conley played the same way for like eight straight seasons and then, you know, looked like garbage last year. And now probably the best player on the jazz so far this season. It's crazy. And you're probably right. Once you get to the postseason, maybe they won't be uh maybe they are uniquely set up to win in the regular season, but they look really good. And they're just finding ways to produce score, uh, produce points with their bench and with their starters. And they're, they're, they're making yesterday was very unique in that Ben Simmons went for 42 and probably could have gone for 50, had a couple of those not rolled out of the rim, but it, they're a good team. My, my best lineup yesterday, I played three lineups. My best lineup had five Houston Rockets in it. Okay. Had uh, Nwaba, Tate, Cousins, uh, Daniel House, and, oh, no, I'm sorry, four. No, John Wall as well. So it had five, mm-hmm. five, with Bradley Beal and uh, Chetty Osman and James Harden, right? Yeah. Solid lineup. Didn't make a difference. You needed 400-plus easy to win anything. Even in uh, even in the, the three entry or three match or single entries, you needed upwards of 380, 390. And the 21 from Cousins only playing 20 minutes was a – was was a backbreaker in this lineup because everyone else popped off monster games, huge value at their price points. And I think a lot of people dealt with that. If you had cousins, you weren't winning because you needed it to be perfect last night. 
Yeah, that uh, the Cousins performance was not not ideal. That's for sure. Still getting a lot, getting a lot of people letting me know that I was wrong about James Harden last night, which is a real hilarious take. What'd you say about Harden that you would have been wrong about? So Alex had him projected for like north, just north of sixty fantasy points. I had it basically like just north of fifty. And I really didn't understand how we were so off. I mean, normally Alex and I are off by like a point, maybe two. Like there's never that sort of disparity. And this is just two wildly different projections. One, this is one day. So I don't care about one individual data point. But two, uh, projecting him for 60 and him hitting his median projection and projecting him for 50 and hitting like what would amount to be like a 60th percentile outcome and my projections are basically the same thing. Like they're not, there's no right or wrong on a projection. I hear you. Yeah. Look, James Harden yesterday, it wasn't that he scored 40 points. He scored 29, but he had a monster triple double. And you know that we all know he's very capable of doing that. Yeah. So, you know, that's what you get. Uh, I, I had a I had a decent DFS night. It was it was in the black, so I'm not going to complain. But um, don't worry, we'll get to these games in just a minute. Had a great betting night, though. It's just one of those nights where all the pieces came together. Jumped on a lot of lines early in the day, got some movement, and hit all of them. Beat the closing line, and then actually win the bet. It's a good feeling. And Josh, on the Cool Cats pack, I pulled a number three Stephen Curry. A number three Steph Curry in a $14 pack. That made my night. Oh, interesting. I had a very different experience. Instead of <laughs> pulling a number three Steph Curry, I clicked refresh to get in line for that pack, waited hours, and didn't even get one because I was number 60-something thousand in the queue. So uh, Top Shot is a sham. <laughs> you know, if you didn't fall asleep, you probably would have still gotten it because a lot of payments failed. Yeah, great. Uh, I'm sorry that I couldn't sit around for four hours waiting for a $9 pack of digital highlights. Give me a break. Listen, man, if I can come out and flip this for several thousand, which I probably can, I don't care. I I don't care if it's a piece of shit with a flower on top of it. I'll sell it. I agree. I'm trying to participate. They won't let me. I know. I'm doing everything I I can to buy a pack. uh, I'm not confused by the technology. I understand how to buy cryptocurrency. I've been doing this for a while. I just simply cannot get their product, even if I try. Yeah, it's. I I mentioned to someone that your experience is duplicated by many, and it's an issue for sure. It's it's preposterous. Like I just, and I haven't even started the process of like being able to withdraw, which is going to be me messaging you or Adam or Ben, being like, "How much do you want to buy my Dapper balance for?" Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's not going to be fun. Because there's no chance I'm trying to withdraw that legitimately. No, I got in early enough to where it was like a lot easier barrier to entry, a lot smaller barrier to entry because nobody was doing it. There were like a couple thousand people. Uh, yeah. Now it's absurd. Yeah. Anyway, you ready to dive into this? We got six games to hit on. Yeah, it's a good one. Those intros are always fun, though. You got it. You got it. We got an easy one. Tomorrow we are straight federally fudged. What do we because got? 12. Oh. <laughs> all right you gotta work yeah. the room sometimes with a 12 gamer it's just jump right into it we're not gonna it have doesn't even matter if we jump right into it there is no chance that we can do that show in 90 minutes <laughs> <laughs> 90 yeah we can 90 i give it 87 minutes we'll get it banged out we're gonna need to get some DoorDash starbucks for jordan <laughs> to be able to stay awake for that one tomorrow all right let's do it denver and boston Denver Nuggets dealing with a decent amount of injuries, Josh, coming off a nice win against the Lakers, which, by the way, 
I'm just throwing this out there. This is something to keep in mind, okay? With the Lakers, without Anthony Davis, they have not been very good. When he went yeah. down, you should have hammered Denver live because yeah. this – you know what I mean? They've The last several games that he's been out, they went to overtime twice against OKC, who was down all of their top players – and then got smoked by Detroit. They're still a much better team than these other teams. Uh, and they came back from a 20-point deficit against Memphis. They're a better team. But the, the Lakers without Anthony Davis are not nearly as good as they should be. So something to keep in mind. We'll get to them in a little bit. But what are you have doing you, with Denver? Have you looked at any of their data with uh, AD off? Say it again. Uh, have you looked at any of their data with AD off? I haven't. I'm not, like, leading you into this. I just have no idea how they've been playing with him not on the floor. I haven't, but I've watched and bet almost all of those games. And uh, I, I guess I guess you could say it's just like a subjective view, of, an arbitrary view of, of what's going on. But I don't know if it is because they just don't look good when Anthony Davis is off the floor. And is it that oh, shocking? Also look at the, anyway, is it that shocking? Look at the rest of their players not named LeBron James. Yeah, he's also one of the five best players in the NBA. Like, you're clearly going to be worse. In 1,100 possessions with AD off, they're plus 5.2, but they have a 36 percentile offense, which isn't really all that surprising. Like, they don't have a lot of skilled offensive players. Their defense is still amazing because, I mean, that's sort of their team. But the lineup that they have that's played the most minutes is negative 17 and a half in 135 possessions. Anyway, uh yeah, that's we can special. talk about that once we get to the Lakers. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was just really curious about it. I hadn't thought about it if they had like a really big fall off. I'm surprised well, the defense good. has been good. Yeah, the they just they really can't score unless it's LeBron getting to the rim. So yeah. the, it'll be interesting to see how they play tonight. I still think they smoke Minnesota because Minnesota's that bad. So yeah. maybe I'm talking maybe I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, Josh. But the the Timberwolves are a perfect remedy to a, a poor playing team without their top, one of their top players. But Denver do- doesn't have Will Barton. They don't have Paul Millsap. They don't have Gary Harris. They don't have P.J. Dozier. They might not have Monty Morris. Could be a very shorthanded team tonight against the Celtics, who, by the way, have been playing really, really rough basketball lately, losing teams to games, losing games to teams that they should be beating. And um, it makes for an interesting matchup at TD Garden. Yeah, I, this this Denver team could be pretty wild tonight. Uh, the Monty Morris news is really important because that could potentially open up Facundo Campazzo as an even better value play. I have him in for 20 minutes now. He's the flat minimum on a fan duel, 3,300 on DraftKings. If Morris is out, uh, he's going to become a very popular value play. But this is the most popular team on the slate, I believe. Jokic. Porter, Monty Morris, Jamichael Green, all north of 20% ownership on FanDuel. Jokic is at 30. Michael Porter Jr. is at 40. He's the chalk of all chalk today because he's 5,500 on FanDuel, 5,800 on DK. No Paul Millsap. I mean, no anybody on this team. They're, they're missing like four dudes that play regularly large minutes, which is kind of insane. I think Porter is the best play here. I don't think it's particularly close. I think Nikola Jokic, though, is the guy that we need to talk about. He's 10-6 on FanDuel, 10-7 on DraftKings. I'm not entirely sure why he's getting owned the way that he is. I think he's wildly over-owned right now, and I wanted to get your thoughts because I don't really see him as a 30% guy on FanDuel today. Interesting. Okay, so I think one of the, one of the big things here is how much let, – let's break this down, right? Let's start from the top, work through this. Yeah. How much influence – do we anticipate no Millsap and Barton and Gary Harris having on Nikola Jokic? Because if you know if it's Jamal Murray, 
We're talking about a pretty big influence. We've already discussed that over uh, earlier this week when Jamal Murray was questionable. I think that was on Sunday, as a matter of fact. You and I did the strategy show. Yeah. Like, Jamal Murray being out, huge for Nikola yeah. Jokic. Jokic is already fantastic. But when you're getting that much ownership, I guess it's time to compare him to the rest of the players on this slate. You have Giannis against Toronto. You have Harden, second of a back-to-back, but no Durant against the Phoenix team that's playing great defense lately. Then you have Jokic at 10-7, LeBron James at 10-1 without Anthony Davis, Lillard against OKC at 9,700. There are a lot of good players in really good spots with somewhat affordable price points on this slate. Yeah, like, I mean, Cantor in particular, 6,600, no Harry Giles today for Portland. I think he is a significantly better play than Nikola Jokic. Now, don't get me wrong. I still think Jokic is good. I'm showing up in the optimal lineup on FanDuel 16% of the time. He's still fantastic. He's projected for north of 50. But with the way that salaries are set up, like I greatly prefer paying up for Giannis today over Jokic. I understand that Jokic should smash a Boston team. They're not really like you set up to stop him all that well. But I'm a little surprised at how owned Jokic is going Um in GPPs. Porter's the guy that I want to hitch my wagon to. I'd like to get to Jamal Murray if he's going to be this low-owned. Jamal Murray's projected for 5% ownership on a six-game slate today. He's 7,200 on DraftKings. That's a terrible price tag. But if he's 5% owned, I feel like Jamal Murray gets up for these kind of games where, like, if Tatum starts going or Jalen Brown starts going, he's just right there doing this. The, the same sort of Donovan Mitchell effect that we see in the in the postseason. This could be a spot for Murray because I feel like this is the type of game he goes for. It's possible. And the one thing we know about Murray is he, he he's volatile, right? Like there's no yeah. doubt about that because he's not an elite passer. He's not the best rebounder for, for a point guard, but he can have those games where he just rattles off 35, 40 real points. And I like that, especially in what's expected to be a competitive game. Michael Porter Jr. on DraftKings is getting more ownership not than anyone on this team or even in this game, but more ownership right now than anyone on this slate, Josh. And of course, no Millsap, no Barton, no Harris. You're missing wings. You're missing a four. That's going to play pretty heavily into, into the appeal for Michael Porter Jr. But he just, you know, he's, he's, he's not, he's, he has not been that great. I, you could sure he's a plus one per minute guy, but you know, coming off 30 minutes, last game, 17, 31, the game before that 26, do you think it really doesn't even matter? And you, it's just, okay, he's affordable. He should play 30 plus minutes and he's, he's going to be out there with a bunch of inactives. You got to keep playing Michael Porter jr. Yeah. I think it's a no brainer really 5,500 on FanDuel at small forward is just like his price doesn't even, it's, it's so low for the amount of minutes that he should play. I mean, if he doesn't play north of 30. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't know who's playing for them. Marcus Howard? I don't even know what that is. Like, right. uh, his price just isn't where it needs to be to make this a, a discussion. And now with Millsap out, that's just even more minutes that he can actually play at a position he's probably more suited for in the four. I don't think that he gets a ton of time there just because of Jermichael Green, but it opens up a spot. Like, he shouldn't really be playing the three in the NBA, but he is. So uh, he's just, to me, like, basically the best mid-price guy on the slate, and it's not close. That's why you see him at 40% ownership on FanDuel. It's a huge number. It is a huge number. And when you start running the the on-offs, he benefits without Will Barton. There's no question about it. Um, I, I think it... it it doesn't matter if he's been great or not. And pretty much exactly what you just said at that price point on DraftKings and Fandle, I think both of them, he's just way too viable. If he's playing 30 plus, I'd love to know that he could play 35. I'm not sure that's the case, but 1.1 fantasy points per minute in 158 minutes without Barton and Millsap on the floor this year. That's more than good enough uh, at that price point. So he's the top option from, from Denver, but if Monte Morris sits, this this is where it gets a little bit weird, and you kind of already teased it a little bit because there's no Barton, there's no Millsap, there's no Harris, there's no PJ Dozier either. Then, if you remove Monte Morris from the from the roster or from the actives tonight, who do you see? And not just in Morris's case, but with all of these guys being out, who do you see benefiting the most from all of these absences? I mean, Facundo Campazzo has to be the guy if. Um... If Morris ends up out, I think he just sort sort of has to soak up most of that time. You would have to think RJ Hampton is going to pick up uh, enough minutes to become a viable value option. He's 4,200 on FanDuel, which is kind of tough, but 3,400 on DraftKings. I think that opens him up a little bit more. I'd be lying if I thought I, if I knew how many minutes like Zeke Naji would end up playing. Doesn't seem like those minutes would free up for him. I think it would be more likely that we just see enough minutes go to someone like Marcus Howard just as a positional thing. I don't think that he would become a value play. And Bob um, Ball isn't even seeing the floor. No. Well, he's terrible. So yeah. people uh, love it though. People, people love it. Yeah. Like I wish he was good, but he's just not good. No matter like he's, he's never going to be strong enough to be good. No, no. Seven foot nine, small forward. Yeah. Um, so if we're talking, if we say that Morris is out, Clearly, I still like Murray and Porter and Jokic as much or more than I did before. Um, then you just have to start thinking through like what these rotations could be. Campazo is the first guy up. I'd say that Zeke Naji is probably two. I think there's a ceiling to how much Jermichael Green will end up being out there, but he'll be fine no matter what. He's already picking up a ton of ownership as well. So Campazo would be the guy that I would want to make sure that everybody's looking at. Jermichael Green, and then we'll get to Boston. I promise we're not going to take this long on every game because this one actually has a ton of moving parts that it's pretty important. I'm just looking over Jermichael Green's playing time, and yeah, I think you're right in that there's a cap, like 27 minutes. I don't necessarily see him playing a boatload of minutes, Josh, no matter what the case is, and Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he does come out there and play 30 plus, but I, I would be very surprised by that. And well, here's one for you. I have him projected for 28 minutes. He's okay, 27, I... 27% owned on FanDuel, 28% owned on DraftKings. I have him around 15%. So even giving him what I think is a pretty rosy minutes projection, 
I still think he's not the guy that I want to get to. Okay. I'm assuming you're going to have some of the guy that would just give sure. his price point. Yeah. The six game slate. I mean, look, when I have a guy that I think should be like 14% owned and he's projected for 27% ownership, I'm probably going to end up with like 14% of Jim Michael green. Right. And by the way, if he's, if he's, do you assume he'll start? Um, I feel like he will. Yeah, probably. Yeah. We'll see. That's why we got the deeper dive live before lock, the tip off show, all that great stuff. He's got a 19.8% usage rate this year, but that's going to drop considerably in the starting lineup. So really you're just hoping he knocks down the handful of shots that he gets. Yep. On Boston, they've, like I said, they've really been playing pretty awful basketball lately and they're a much better team than, than they currently have played. So I anticipate them turning this around eventually, Josh, but Blowout loss against Washington. They lost uh, at home to Detroit. They, they, It's been rough. But at the same time, this is one against a banged-up Denver team. Three-point spread, three-and-a-half-point spread, sorry. Does does anyone from Boston stand out to you? Sort of. Uh, we're, going, we're doing that whole Campbell Walker thing on FanDuel again. He's 6,200. I think he looks like a really good play. He's already 29% owned, so I would say that I think that he looks over-owned. Like, Campbell Walker is my favorite play from Boston, but I think he, he's over-owned. So you do what you want with that sort of information. Uh, you know, if you get to Tatum or Brown, I think both guys are viable, but they're much more viable on DraftKings than they are on FanDuel. Jason Tatum's 8,700 on DK. Jalen Brown is 7,800. These are guys with like 30% usage rates this year, even with Kemba Walker on the floor. Like not like on the floor properly, but like not taking him off. So I I like getting to like 10 to 15% of Tatum and Brown. I like getting to about 15 to 20 of Kemba Walker. Daniel Tice will be interesting, 5,200 on FanDuel, 4,600 on DraftKings. He's someone that I have my eye on. He is questionable, so that will uh, play a little bit of a role in this as we move forward. If he ends up out, have to assume Grant Williams picks up some run. He's 3,600 on FanDuel and 3,400 on DK. So if we don't see Tice, if Grant Williams can get locked into like 23, 24 minutes, I think he becomes a value play. We don't have a ton of like low-priced value guys so far on the slate but if we're looking at this game and everybody is in, Tatum, Brown, Walker, Tice are the only four guys that I'll be looking at. No interest in Pritchard. I don't think that Semi Ojale is going to continue to be a Boston hero like he has been for the past two games. It's mostly just the big four. Okay. Top options from this game overall. Okay. So on FanDuel, it's Porter and Murray for me. On DraftKings, it's Porter and if he plays Monty Morris at 4,400, which I think would change as value opens up, but there aren't a lot of guys down in that 4,400 range. All right. Let's go to New Orleans and Memphis. This game last night opened as a pick and it's still pretty close to that one point spread. New Orleans laying one point on the road, 231 total. It's The funny thing is both of these teams have been equally disappointing and underwhelming this year, Josh. But I guess that's par for the course with the Pelicans. Memphis going to be without Melton and without Bain. We can get to that in a minute. But let's start it off with New Orleans here, a team that essentially has a lot of very similar per-minute guys, and that's why every single time they're on the floor or every time they're on the slate, sorry, they just don't get a lot of ownership skewed towards any one specific player ever. Yeah, I don't really know what to do with this game at all. Like, obviously, Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram – in the eights are guys you just kind of play no matter what in like the 10 to 20% range. 
They have the same prices pretty regularly. They have the same sort of output pretty regularly and they're filler. You hope you get them on the day where the shot is falling a little bit more than usual. Uh, similar story sort of for Memphis with like John Morant, Jonas Valanciunas, Dylan Brooks. These guys all just sort of have the same role pretty regularly. Like we have Zion, Ingram, and Bledsoe in the teens in ownership on FanDuel, only Ingram in double digits on DraftKings. And I basically agree with all of that. Like no one really stands out. I don't see anybody as a smash play or like an incredible value. It's just you kind of need to have a little bit of the main people, the guys that are going to play like 28 minutes or more for New Orleans. And the same sort of story for Memphis. Dylan Brooks is chalky. I don't want to eat all of that chalk, but I think you have to play him. Uh, the most that anybody's owned on DraftKings from Memphis is like 10 to 12%. I think that's about right for all of these guys. They're just filler. You'll end up with a lot of people randomly from New Orleans and Memphis, but I can't really advocate for anybody that I think is like dramatically underowned or mispriced or undervalued. Yo, Ricondo Crutchfield says, Josh, thanks for putting me on Whiteside. Won that bread in the $8, $2,000. There you go, man. All right. Uh, look, uh, that, that was one thing that, look, I got lucky, obviously. We had like five blocks, but uh, the moment Rashawn Holmes got put on that injury report halfway through the day, I took him out and started planning accordingly. Same sort of story for Chetty Osman. The moment Torian Prince hit the injury report in the middle of the day, took him out, went to Chetty, got there earlier. I think that set me up to have at least a little bit more exposure. But uh, the way that late swaps are going so far in uh, COVID time, it's not that those things had anything to do with COVID, but... I want to get there early rather than late. Make sure that I have enough uh, room in the late slate to move my guys around. Well, hey, we talked about this on Sunday, right? Uh, the volatility comes oftentimes is accompanied by blocks and steals and stuff like that. So there are times where players like that just have a brutally low floor uh, and other times where they have a monster game. And when you can get five, six, seven, eight blocks like Hassan Whiteside can, it's, uh, yeah putting you in a good spot for sure yeah i wish i had more to say about new orleans and memphis but it's kind of gross yep all right uh i think we have we have we have struck a nerve with 2k apedia in chat because he is apparently not 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 taking he's he's not taking it lightly that we said ball ball is not very good so uh for him if you put him on another team he'd be an all-star yeah, 44th pick in the draft, second rounder that doesn't play for two years. Um, yeah, All-star, Josh, all-star. Clearly we're missing something and not literally everyone else. Yeah, no, he's an all-star. Just give him usage, give him minutes. He's an all-star. Yep. Exactly. Anything else for New Orleans and Memphis? No, uh, favorite plays on FanDuel, Zion, Dylan Brooks, Eric Bledsoe. Favorite plays on DraftKings, Zion, and I can't even say that anybody else is a favorite at that point. All right, let's talk about Toronto and Milwaukee. This will get a little bit interesting, right? The Bucks five and a half point favorites, two thirty-five and a half total. That's what I like about this one for pretty obvious reasons, right? It's supposed to be a high-scoring game. You've seen a lot of that with Milwaukee this season. Uh, on the year, Milwaukee's playing at a top ten pace, the sixth fastest pace in the league. Toronto's climbing up the ranks too, playing twelve right outside of that top ten, pretty much tied in the top ten. So. High-scoring game. Let's start with uh, Toronto, the same team that was making some inquiries regarding Andre Drummond just the other day or just yesterday. What do you think about Fred Van Vliet, Lowry, and Siakam, all of whom are pretty close in their ability to produce? 
thought you were about to ask me if I thought that Andre Drummond was going to get to Toronto in a trade, and I was going to say absolutely not, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, why not? Uh, I can't make those contracts work. It's too difficult. I'd be very surprised if he ends up in Toronto on a trade. He's destined for a buyout. Okay. Anyway, uh, Fred Van Vliet's price on FanDuel is starting to come back down. He's 7,500 now. Um, ownership is also, though, already there. 31% projected ownership for Van Vliet. So while I like him, uh, I wouldn't want to be going well north of 30. The guy that I want to have a conversation about right now, Chris Boucher is 7,200 on FanDuel. He's 6,600 on DraftKings. He's projected for 5% ownership on FanDuel and 2 on DK. I am terrified to roster this guy, but he's such a permanent marvel that I don't really know what else to do. I have him in for 26 minutes, and I think that Chris Boucher is like massively under-owned. I have him finishing in the optimal lineup on DraftKings 13% of the time compared to 2% ownership. This is a guy that I would want to be like many multiples of over the field. Am I crazy for Boucher? Like, What are your thoughts on him? No, I don't think you're ever crazy on a guy like Boucher. Okay. Um, the the playing time – okay, so I think I mentioned this to you last week or maybe on Sunday. He was pacing 29 minutes in a lot of these games or at least 28 minutes in these games had it not been a blowout. Does that sound like it a lot? No, but it's a lot better than 25 or 24, which would have put him at you know, 27, 20 – or 33, 29, 28, 28, and then 18 in that last game against Minnesota. So we've seen now – Five of his last six games, he's been on pace because he would have closed them out had it not been for blood. He's on pace to play 27 plus minutes. So taking into account his per minute production, I don't, excuse me, I don't think it's crazy at all to say a guy that on DraftKings at least is averaging one point, almost 1.3 DraftKings points per minute in a game with a 235 and a half total uh, is a bad tournament option at virtually no ownership. Yeah, I'm going to really keep my eye on that ownership number. Um, if he's super low owned, being able to get like four times the field, five times the field on a two to four percent owned guy, those are the spots where those margins really begin to help you out and, and allow you to do some other things. Uh, Kyle Lowry looks good. You could be a 10 percent, which is not a backbreaker if he has a bad game and still be five X the field. I mean, even uh, Adam talks about this a lot. Like even if Chris Boucher has a bad game, like he then becomes what, like a one fantasy point per minute guy in 20 minutes. Like it's really hard for him to come out here and hang like six. Yeah. The only concern is that Nick nurse just decides because he can to limit his playing time. Yeah. Which could certainly happen. Uh, You know, anything could pop up for nurse. They could play Siaka more at the five or go to Stanley Johnson. Who the hell knows? But for now, I think Boucher is one of my like, favorite contrarian plays of the day yeah and it's tough to take anything away from popcorn machine because they have like seven guys playing the entire fourth quarter yeah it's amazing that's not great they have boucher playing the entire fourth quarter which i think he no hold on he played nine ten eleven yeah he didn't play at all in the fourth quarter so yeah it's 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 kind of wacky anybody else from toronto not really. Um, like Siakam, you know what you're getting out of Siakam, Van Vliet, and Lowry. You just try to play these guys when their salaries move around a little bit. Van Vliet, I think, overowned on Fanduel, but you still need to get to him. He's one of the better options. Uh, Norm Powell, I guess, is probably a little underowned on Fanduel at 6,500. OG still doubtful, but nobody truly standing out outside of Van Vliet and Boucher for me. Yeah, what uh, 
Fred Van Vliet, 1.12 fantasy points per minute on the year. Siakam, 1.11. Kyle Lowry, 1.05. Boucher's up there at 1.25. But of those three guys that get the minutes, you're just, I mean, either make it about positional scarcity, which you might have to do sometimes. Yeah. But where, you know, Siakam might be a lot more appealing at power forward than a, than a point guard where you just have a wealth of options. But even even usage here, Siakam is 25, Van Vliet's 23, Lowry's 22. There's no real big-time discrepancy there between these no. between the numbers. So, No, you just have to hope you get that one right for the yep. day. And they're all pretty close to price, especially on DraftKings. So what about Milwaukee starting it off with Giannis Antetokounmpo? $11,000 on DraftKings, on FanDuel, $11,200. And of course, one of the best permanent guys in the entire world. He looks incredible today, uh, showing up really highly in my Sims. I have him projected for like 57 fantasy points and I'm probably low and I still like him. Uh, he's been picking it up a little bit as of late, getting himself back on the top of like most normal rate list. He has the most fantasy points per minute over the past two and a half weeks. Um, so slowly getting back up into that 1.62 fantasy point per minute range, both he and Embiid tied over that same sort of range. Um, I don't really have much else to say. I think it's a really nice spot for Giannis. Toronto was sort of problematic for him in the past because they had Abaka and Gasol, two guys that were pretty good at protecting the paint. They don't really have that any longer. It's certainly not Boucher or Aaron Bain. So I think Giannis can really thrive here. And no Drew Holiday, so even more of a little bit of a bump up for Giannis getting back to his normal sort of role. Uh, I have no issue getting there pretty heavily. I'd like to get pretty heavy on Chris Middleton as well. 34, uh, 7,500 on FanDuel, 8K on DK. I think he's more than worth the price tag um, there. Dante DiVincenzo, 5,100 and 5,400. I'd like to have a bunch of even $3,800 Bryn Forbes on DraftKings, I think is a value play. With a, on a slate where we don't really have a ton of it. I like Milwaukee a lot. The ownership is already there, but I mean, Giannis and Chris Middleton are two of the top, what, 15, 20 players in the league? Yeah, Middleton at least top 50. Oh, you're killing me here. <laughs> I can't do this. I no, can't. I like He's the most underrated player in the league. It, it, has been, it has been interesting to see what this team looks like without Drew Holiday, though. And uh, I, I think he is... Not to uh, like not to execs and GMs and coaches, but I think to the average casual fan, Holiday is one of the more underappreciated players in basketball. Really yeah. good player. D- doesn't ask for anything. Will fit in anywhere. Has yep. the skill set you're looking for. Busts his ass on defense. Like it's just it's it's exactly what you're looking for. Like he's just never going to hurt a team. Nope, no chance. He will f- he would fit on any other team in the league. And that's a skill set that you don't see. And that's why, you know, these type of guys get paid and get traded for because you can move Drew Holiday anywhere and he does not affect the chemistry of a basketball team. Yep. It's just a shame he had to play with Philly and New Orleans his whole career. Maybe. Well, the New Orleans one is really weird. Uh, Is that, do we just hang that one on management? I mean, like he and AD are a pretty decent twosome as like two young dudes. I don't know why that breaks, but it, it broke wrong. It is it is a good question. They had a lot of ways to make that work. And a lot of good players that have come through that organization and it just never ever worked. I mean, no. not only did it not work, but they couldn't even make the playoffs. Remember they had what was it? Randall uh Holiday. Was, did Randall ever play with Davis? I can't even I can't even Maybe remember. I mean, had, Boogie was playing really well there until he got hurt. Yeah, remember they had Nikola Miritich? 
who yeah. was a until Bobby Portis, you know, put him to sleep. Ugh. They they Ugh. had some good players. It's just they they never they they've even this year, man. Ingram's playing great. You got Zion. Lonzo's playing better. They got Josh Hart's a solid option off the bench. They got a bunch of of, of guys that that you would think they'd be decent, and here they are sitting, you know, outside of the playoffs, outside looking in. Again, I don't know what to make of them. I have no idea. Well, I, this much I can tell you since we're circling. This got all started on a Drew Holiday conversation, a guy that's not even playing today. Play a lot of Giannis and a lot of Chris Middleton. Yeah, I think that's fair. Hit yeah. that thumbs up for us, guys, and subscribe to the channel. Hammer that thumbs up if you like what we do here. All right, so we got three down, three to go. Before we do, I think it's time that we talk for a second about our sponsor, No House Advantage, because why would we not want to do that? And why would you not just essentially want to get free money because free money is great? And you don't get a lot of that these days in the DFS world, maybe in the sports betting world, right? People trying to get you over to the site, want you to play there. They'll give you some huge free bets and big deposit bonuses. Well, at No House Advantage, if you use the promo code AWESEMO, A-W-E-S-E-M-O, you will get your first deposit matched up to $20, which is pretty solid to head over there, play peer-to-peer player prop bets in a contest form where you're taking the highest confidence interval. The ones you like the best get the most points. So if you feel like something is a lock, you put it number one. If you don't, if you don't like one too much, you put it number eight. Contest GPP structure. Uh, but Josh, the part I always say is the best is not the deposit bonus. It's the fact that we have projections at Osmo that are entirely free. We have an optimal lineups tool for No House Advantage at Osmo.com that is entirely free. And these odds don't change throughout the day. So you're getting that edge to figure out where the good ones are just by using reference with our Osmo tools that are entirely free. Yeah, the 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 optimal lineup tool for No House Advantage is a true game changer, and I feel like that's probably getting slept on across the industry. It should be ultra popular. Even if you're like not super comfortable with the No House Advantage product, because it is a little bit of a different experience. You're ranking player props and confidence intervals. It's a, it's a different layout. But with the stuff that we're providing and with pretty regular uh, overlay opportunities, this is an excellent spot for you to try to build your bankroll. Rely on the tools from Alex. Tackle some contests that have limited rake or potentially no rake and get yourself a little bit of scratch together. It's the easiest way to do that. Yeah, even if you were to say like, all right, I'm going to build that bankroll up and then take some of it over to DraftKings with some of the bigger prize pools, you could do that. But, you know, find ways to build your bankroll. And right now that is through a place like No House Advantage. So it's very simple. Go to nohouseadvantage.com or download the app. Check it out today. Use that promo code AWESOMO to get a first match deposit up to $20 when you sign up. All right, Josh, Lakers, Minnesota. We already kind of uh, chopped it up over LeBron James and Anthony Davis earlier in the show when we kicked this off. Davis is out at least two to three weeks, and this team has just not looked very good when he is not on the floor. Will that happen again today against Minnesota? It's hard to say. I still think the Lakers handle business, but we had to talk about what they look like now from a DFS perspective without Anthony Davis in the rotation. I think they stink. <laughs> it's, it's really that simple. Like we got LeBron. At like, good. We have LeBron at like 30% ownership. That feels wildly too high to me. Just not at all interested in being that high on LeBron James at 10, five and 10, one. Not that I don't like him, but I just think that there are easier options to go to in like the nines. So he's fine. It's whatever. Kuzma sees a, a bump, but 
He's already 14% owned on FanDuel. He's 5,800 on FanDuel already and 7K on DraftKings. I don't want to play 7K for Kyle Kuzma. Not interested at all there. It's LeBron, a little bit of Schroeder, a little bit of Montrezl Harrell, 6,200. He's projected for 1.3% ownership on DraftKings. That's another spot where like, I'd be happy to get 10% of on a six-gamer. But as far as I'm concerned, like I don't expect to have much of the Lakers at all today. In, in fact, if I just look at how often, like just in the aggregate teams show up in the optimal, the Lakers are second worst behind Brooklyn for me today. And I'm obviously a little lighter on Brooklyn on a day-to-day basis, which I guess we'll get to. I have very little interest in the Lakers. I have a feeling the most important thing for the Lakers will be figuring out who plays the final 10 minutes after they smack Minnesota. And it's been kind of tough to figure out what this rotation looks like because Vogel's done different things with them in the games that Anthony Davis has been out, Josh. Like you haven't seen the same rotations. You haven't seen even the same starting lineups in all these games. No, they're going to be yanking people around, inserting Markeith Morris and Caruso and Taylor Horton Tucker and Wesley Matthews. They've got a lot of like like type guys, guys that don't matter how you put them in there. Matthews, THT, Markeith Morris, Caruso, if you can rotate through any of those guys and let them start and they're all equally as unappealing. We have THT, 10% owned on FanDuel, 15% owned on DraftKings. I understand why it's happening because we don't have a ton of value out there. I'm not even like he doesn't even have to be the guy that gets more minutes. They could easily go to more Wesley Matthews. They could easily just go to additional yep. run for Marquise Morris. They could easily throw additional run at Alex Caruso. I have no confidence in this. I definitely don't want to ride chalk on the Lakers that isn't starting. Yeah, I agree. Talon Horton Tucker, by the way, for who any, anyone that was wondering, the acronym THT. He's getting some ownership. It's kind of weird, honestly. I, Kyle Kuzma started the second half of last game. Yeah. Uh, but you can't glean a ton from that uh, and what his overall playing time would have looked like. They, they they emptied the bench in the final four or five minutes of that one. They were getting blown out by Denver. So, yeah, it's tough, Josh. Now, I, I will say this much. Depending on what the starting lineup looks like, I think we can maybe glean something from that. Yeah. I, I don't know who's going to start. I'm assuming Kuzma, but – if it was Markeith Morris, I wouldn't be shocked by that either. It, there could be a yeah. handful of guys that start this game, and I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, not not ideal to figure that stuff out. This game locks at 8 o'clock, so we probably don't know that heading they into real We only missed one game, though, because only one 7 o'clock tip, no 7.30 tip. So the only one that locks before that is actually Denver-Boston. Oh, interesting. What's what? New Orleans and Memphis is at 8? Yep, New Orleans, Memphis, Toronto, Milwaukee, Lakers, Minnesota, Portland, OKC, all of those games are at 8 o'clock. Wow, four Spurs test positive for COVID. Next three Spurs games postponed. Next two Hornets games postponed. Okay. Wild. Sorry, I just saw that coming through. Yeah, I I don't know. I hope Hopefully not pop. Yeah, right. Um, Who do you have starting for? Let's close this team with Who do you have starting for the Lakers? That can give us at least a little bit better reference here. So no matter what, it, it doesn't really matter too much what they do at center, whether that's Gasol or Harrell, like that's just going to rotate right. through. I assume it's Gasol, but that's not really the piece. LeBron, obviously. Schroeder, obviously. I would say KCP would be the fourth. And then you're trying to cross your fingers to figure out if it's Kyle Kuzma, Markeith Morris, Tucker, or Wes Matthews. If I had to guess, I would say that it's Kuzma. That would be the first direction Me that too. I would go. And because of his price tag, it doesn't matter because there's you should not be paying 7K Kyle Kuzma on DraftKings. That's an insane price tag. 
what we're hoping for is that it's one of those other guys. And I don't really see the need to be aggressive on anybody else that isn't starting for the Lakers. If you're not starting, I'm going to have a hard time playing you. All right. I just realized my overhead light is on. Yeah. Really screws the lighting up. You know what I mean? It, it makes me look as pale as I actually am. Hmm. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if I turn that off, I actually don't look like a ghost. Oh, well, that's good, I guess. The magic of lighting, Josh. The magic of lighting, indeed. Minnesota, Carl Anthony Towns, oh, God, no I'm Russell, so... no Jarrett Culver. We'll kick it off with Cat. I don't want to kick it off with this Minnesota team, man. I'm tired of it because here's the problem. I think they're entirely underowned in an aggressive manner. DraftKings, Towns at 5% ownership. Malik Beasley's at 5. Anthony Edwards at 3. Ricky Rubio at 1.5. I have those guys either two or three times as likely to be in the optimal, including Anthony Edwards, 6K on DraftKings, 13.7% chance of being in the optimal three. You want me to go faster? No, not yet. I'm not talking yet. Oh, I was like, what, man? Am I talking too slow? Are you? Uh, Jesus. Uh, I have Anthony Edwards, 14% likelihood of being in the optimal on DK, 3% ownership. Like, that's just another guy I want to get a bunch of. I want to get a bunch of Malik Beasley. I want to two or three X the field on Carl Anthony Towns. I even want to get some Rubio, even though he's been absolutely terrible. The one guy that's picking up ownership, Jared Vanderbilt, is at 26% ownership on FanDuel, 19 on DraftKings. He's the one guy I don't want. So I basically want everybody that's not getting ownership on Minnesota because someone is bound to score. Yep. And uh, someone said, did he say no Jarrett Culver? Yeah, I anybody that's out, usually I'm going to at least say their name. And sometimes it can have an influence, albeit a small one, in the rotation. And sometimes value players can get an extra five, seven, eight minutes from someone like that being out, and it makes a difference. In Culver's case, Josh, I don't think it's a huge difference, but he's out. No, no not so much. Yeah, uh, so my recommendation is to play more of Beasley and Edwards and Rubio. Look, just because they're underdogs and I think they stink doesn't mean this game can't be close. They now have no Anthony Davis on the opposite side. It's only a seven and a half point line. If it stays close, Carl Anthony Towns is going to play 32 plus minutes. Malik Beasley is going to play 34 plus minutes. He's played 37 and 36 his last two times out. Anthony Edwards played 35 and 34 in his last two games. He's 6K and 6K on both sites. I just want a lot more Minnesota. They're getting slept on for reasons that I'm not entirely sure of. I agree. They're not good. But that doesn't mean you just avoid them in DFS. And having Anthony Davis off the floor is is significant, man. It really yeah. is. Like seven, they should be. If Anthony Davis was playing, they're double digit dogs at home easily. They, I mean, seriously, they are. Um, so tell me who then, because for the Lakers, it seems like no real priorities. But for Minnesota, no. are there spots here that you're looking at right now and saying I really, really like that? Yeah, Anthony Edwards. Okay, uh, it is Edwards he, for you. Yeah, just because of his ownership, 5% on FanDuel, 3% on DraftKings. I love him as a GP. And to be clear, these guys are all like aggressive GPP plays. Right. This is they, We're not looking at cash game options. But I would rank them Edwards, Beasley, Towns, Rubio from those four. I understand the appeal for Jared Vanderbilt. He got 23 and a half minutes the last time out. There's not a lot of value out there right now, but... Even at 20 to 24 minutes, he's not someone that I'm ultra worried about breaking me. So I'm hoping that we just get more value so that goes away. Actually, that's not even true. I'm hoping we don't get more value, and I'm hoping people play 26% of Jared Vanderbilt so I can just not do that and be different elsewhere. But I'm going to have a lot more Minnesota than the field if this ownership holds up. 
James says, Lafayette, that Pelicans team did make the playoffs with Rondo and Drew Holiday, spelled D-R-E-U. Uh, they beat Portland in the first round, and Drew and Rondo shut down Dollar Dame. You're right. They, they, they embarrassed them. As a matter of fact, they swept them. You're right. And then I think they got swept in the next round by Golden State, Josh. Yeah, they ran into uh, the juggernaut Warriors. They ran into yeah, the buzzsaw. They- they were very big underdogs in that Portland series and they just smacked them around, which was kind of wild. Very embarrassing it. series for Terry Stotts and the, and the Blazers. Very embarrassing. Oh, I thought that was going to be the impetus for shipping one of those guys out. And that was, they held serve, obviously. Me too. I'm a, I'm a Terry Stotts fan though. I just like, I don't know what it is. I like the guy. You know? <sighs> I think it's fine. I like him. He's a gentleman and a scholar. He's generally really easy to project his rotation. So I prefer for him sure. in DFS. <laughs> I've had dinner with him a couple of times and just liked overall, just liked the guy. Uh, speaking didn't. of what's that? You know, you didn't, I didn't like him. Sure. I did. He told somebody who I like. You have speaking never had dinner with Portland and OKC. You've got the Portland trailblazers on the road. Look at that timing. huh? That's what we in the biz call a segue folks. Six point favorites. OKC two twenty six total. What are we doing with the Rodney hood and Harry Giles list Portland trailblazers? <laughs> We are playing all of the Damian Lillard, and I want to go on record right now. He's projected for 31% ownership on FanDuel and 24.5% on DraftKings. You crazy morons playing all these Jared Vanderbilts and all these other idiots with tons of ownership. I have Damian Lillard at 50% of the optimal lineups. People hate Dame, Josh. They, they hate playing this guy. They just think he stinks. He's 9,500 on FanDuel, 9,700 on DraftKings. He's going to have 35% usage. He's going to be projected for 30 points and 11 assists and five boards in a pace-up spot against an Oklahoma City team that is playing half of these guys that will never play again in the league once these guys are healthy. This is insane to me. He is the clear-cut number one play. I don't understand how he's not owned more. It makes no sense whatsoever. The idea of getting a 40% owned or whatever Nikola Jokic in comparison to $9,500 Dame is ludicrous. This is the spot. Dame everywhere. First guy in in cash, no matter what. He's the best play on the slate on both sites, and that won't change no matter what happens unless Dame gets ruled out. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. I don't either. You know what else I don't get? They call him Dame Dollar. Doesn't Dollar Dame sound a lot better? No. You don't think so? No. Really? It just flows off the tongue way better. Now, Dollar Dame implies that he's like on the value menu. Dame Dollar doesn't give that connotation that he's worth a buck. What is... Yes, it does. What are you talking about? How how does rearranging where the, the word is signify how much that dollar is worth? Well, I mean, it does for me. You're the one that's trying to rearrange it. I'm agreeing with the correct version of it. You're the one trying to change it. You tell me why you want to rearrange what it. What does dollar stand for, by the way? I don't know, man. It's D. It, it's Jordan should know this. Jordan Klein producing the show. Jordan, see, this is why I want a window for you. We can pull you in and he can pop up because I know he knows this. It's 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 a and it's an acronym, Josh. D-O-L-L-A with periods in between each letter. I assume chat's gonna get there, but they usually do. They usually I don't know what do. I don't know what say that again. Well, there were way too many letters in there for uh, what that actually was. Well, uh, if you didn't think Dollar Dame sounded good the first time, you certainly do now. <laughs> oh, man. 
unbelievable. All right. By the way, there's no question that uh, chat has turned on me after that comment, particularly our boy El Negro Loco. All right, so uh, Dollar Day, sorry, Dame Dollar. <laughs> you could just call him Damian Lillard, man. Dame Dollar, not Dollar, by the way, is your or one of your top overall plays on the slate. Yep, not even he's number one with a bullet, number one contender on both. Portland is the best Beautiful. team that you can play today. By far, and I don't know why they're not getting more ownership. It doesn't make sense. They don't have a ton of bodies either. No Harry Giles, no Rodney Hood, no CJ McCollum, no Yusuf Nurkic. I have these guys massively, massively underowned on both sites, clear across the board. This is a pace up spot against an Oklahoma City team that isn't very good. 26% of the time, I have Cantor in the optimal lineup. He's owned less than that. 25% of the time, I have Gary Trent in the optimal lineup. He's owned less than that. Derek Jones Jr. is 4,500 on FanDuel and 3,700 on DraftKings. He's going to play north of 30 minutes. And for some reason, Derek Jones Jr. is only owned 6% on DK. When we're giving 20% ownership to a bunch of other guys under 4K, we know he's going to play. He has to be out there. And his skill set fits this game perfectly. Pace up an Oklahoma City team that you would expect is going to turn the ball over regularly. You get Derek Jones Jr. on a couple of runouts on a steal hammering from who the hell knows where because he dunks like crazy. I love Derek Jones Jr. Robert Covington is getting no ownership. He's essentially the backup five. I'll happily play a ton of Carmelo Anthony, who's also going underowned. Anthony Simons exists on this team and is going to play 25 plus minutes as a value play. I want their like main seven guys aggressively. If I add up just how frequently Portland finishes in the optimal lineup, 168 percent that's just the aggregate this is, the total number doesn't matter their ownership is 93 i have them like twice as likely to be in the optimal as their ownership is showing i love portland more than i love anything else on this slate you should be playing them everywhere yeah that is very 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 convincing josh the enthusiasm is unlike anything i've had. unmatched enthusiasm from you i i don't understand why these guys aren't getting more ownership it makes no sense to me that's why you come here, right? That's why you come to this show, because you're not just going to get the uh, vanilla black and white takes here. We want to give you something else. And you're saying right now, if there's one spot to really, really go after and exploit that low ownership, it is this Portland team, or at least under underowned players. Yes, without question. Lillard, Cantor, Trent, Jones, Anthony, Covington, and Simons. I have all all on FanDuel and DraftKings, every single one of them to some degree is underowned to me. That's insane. I, I don't even know how to do that. Yeah, I think Trent too. I, I think I've talked about this a lot though, but the guy's actually playing pretty solid basketball. He's getting 36 yeah. plus minutes in competitive games and his price is actually continuously dropping on DraftKings. So you're right. Uh, would you set a rule with how many of them you'd allow in a lineup together? Because like yesterday, Houston may Houston was still a seven game slate and I had lineups with five Houston in them. What about this one though, with Portland on a six gamer? So I wouldn't have Dame as any part of that. Obviously I wouldn't have Cantor in, in any part of that. What you're really trying to do is sort of limit the amount of times you're loading up on Trent Jones, Anthony Covington and Simons. I would say probably like maybe max two of those guys. You know, I don't, maybe I don't mind having three if you don't have Cantor or Lillard in that particular lineup. I mean, you're, you're trying to, I guess, project the the closing lineup, but they just don't really have bodies and they don't really run a very deep rotation. Like 
the only like maybe CJ Ellaby gets like a minute or two, but they're really just going to run eight guys out there. So I'm not too worried about any of the overlapping effects for this lineup. I wouldn't want to go crazy and have Trent Jones, Anthony and Covington. Like that seems problematic. Um, But Lillard plus Cantor plus two of those guys is fine by me. By the way, I forget about the lettering arrangements and Dame Dollar's name. How great are the Hulu has live sports commercials with Dame and Embiid? Have you seen them? They are very good. They're great. Uh, Baker Mayfield too, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But the guy opens up the briefcase with the, with the stacks of money in it. And he's like, you think you can make this work? Very good stuff. (laughs) Very good. He's got those D-O-L-L-A's, man. Yeah, that's right. What are we doing with the uh, OKC Thunder on the other side of this game? I think I mentioned it already, Josh, but uh, 226 total. It's not an insanely high total, but this is also one of those games that with so many key players out uh, from both sides, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Teo Maladon out for OKC, it just opens a lot up. Now, the pricing is beginning to reflect their production and their opportunity in OKC because these guys have been out for so long now, but – you know, Al Horford continues to play well. I worry that he doesn't play more than 30 minutes in regulation ever, but he's played well. And uh, Diallo coming off the bench last game still had a decent enough performance. What are we doing with the rest of OKC? Running it all back right again. Here comes the second rant of the day, right straight, straight from Oklahoma City. Again, Al Horford, 12.5% owned on FanDuel, 13.6% owned on DraftKings. I don't know what people need to understand about Al Horford's role in this offense. It's high usage. He's the point guard of the team, maybe not in positional uh, designation, but in the actual things that are happening on the floor. He's doing everything. I don't understand. And Diallo came off the bench, right? Last game. So it takes another guy that's a potential ball handler off the floor for the starting lineup to start both halves. He looks incredible, but it's not just him. Just like Portland, Horford Diallo, Kenrich Williams, Darius Baisley, Lou Dort, all under-owned on FanDuel and on DraftKings in my model. I love loading up on these guys. I like all five of them aggressively. I'm going to be well over the field on most of them. Darius Baisley at 6,100 stands out to me at 7% ownership on DraftKings. I want every one of those guys in a pretty large manner. I have very little interest in Roby Mascala or Darius Miller. I think Justin Jackson is mildly viable because of his positional setup on DK, but I think he's the only one that's actually going over-owned. Whether Diallo starts or not, I don't think it matters all that much. Honestly, I think I'd probably prefer knowing that he wasn't starting because he's going to have to play a ton one way or the other. They just don't have guys like him. So even at 28 minutes, I think he's a really nice value and maybe that'll keep people off of him a little bit. But you should be smashing Oklahoma City. It's not like Portland's a good defense. Enos Cantor has never anchored a good defense in his life. This is a perfect spot for a team that's shorthanded. I'm going to have just absolute infinite amounts of exposure to this game and hope I get the pieces right. Wow. And, like, who actually cares if you're – people ask, so do you, should you game stack? And this? It's not about that. It's just both sides of this game are really, really appealing. Uh, Al Horford leads the team in potential assists since Gilgis Alexander went down. Justin Jackson last game, though, did have eight, which was second on the team uh, and did play 34 minutes. I can understand where you're coming from and saying that he could be overowned potentially, uh, but I don't think it's absurd. Like 21% at 4,700 on DraftKings. I think that's okay just because 
if he does get this many minutes, right, if he does play 35 minutes on a team that's already shorthanded, doesn't have any predominant ball handlers, doesn't have any predominant go-to scores that you can just put the ball in their hand and let them go to work, it gives him – it at least puts him in a position, Josh, where – you can have that solid game where maybe he does score 25 fantasy points because they don't have a Dame. They don't have a, a LeBron or an Embiid or a Giannis. They just have a bunch of guys. Yeah. Um, the price tag is really what's slowing me down there. Uh, when I look at it, I see Lou Dort at 5,400, Justin Jackson at 4,700 and Jackson's twice his own. Like I've just read, I, I think there are comparable plays today, but for some reason one's pulling the ownership and the other isn't. So I would rather just flip flop those guys. It's not I, that I, I don't think fine. Jackson is fine, but I mean, like he's not good normally from a no, per minute no, no, basis. No. You need him to get every one of those minutes. He's like the opposite of Chris Boucher. Yep. And you know, you and I talked about this. Terry McBride and I talked about this on Sunday. Actually, no, because we didn't have the news on Hayward, you and I, in the morning. Terry McBride and I said, the Miles Bridges ownership is is kind of absurd because he could play 35-plus minutes and do nothing, and that's precisely what he did. He could have also had a decent game, but he's not a high-usage guy playing with you know all of those other players, whether it be Ball and Rozier, you name it. I, I think – the one thing about this OKC team that's interesting, just going back to whether it's Dort, whether it's Horford, whether it's Isaiah Roby, whether it's Baisley or Justin Jackson, there is no alpha score, which means that the distribution of fantasy points should actually be much better on, the, on these lower-priced guys than some of these other teams. And I think Horford, we still need to be looking at him very, very closely because he is your ball-handling, quote-unquote, guard right now. Yeah, I, I love this game so much for fantasy. I pray that the ownership doesn't climb later today. I would, so, okay, let's just say it like this. On FanDuel, Portland's projected for 97% total ownership. Oklahoma City, 91.1. That's 188%. I hope that if Locke was right now, that if they were owned at 188% total, that I would be well north of 300 from this game. Yep. I like Th- it. This is the spot for me. Justin Jackson, 0.66 DraftKings points per minute for his career, by the way. You need yeah. those minutes. There's yeah. no I have, a, I have him at 0.75 as the baseline rate, and that still makes him look yuck. <laughs> yep. Right. So, ready to move on to this last game? Let's close it out. Let's talk about it. Guys, you hear us talk uh, reference ownership. You hear us talk about Alex Baker, Osimo. You know who he is, I'm sure. Number one ranked DFS player. He built all of these tools and put them on the site. These are the same tools that he uses to win a ton of money. I saw him at the top of a bunch of contests again yesterday because I was in them and not at the top of those contests. But whether it's the ownership, whether it's the player projections, the boom bust tool, the top stacks tool, uh, the, the, the lineup builder, we have a fantasy cruncher add-on, which is huge for you guys looking to make multiple lineups quick and so much more. All of our premium articles, the data set, like, I don't know, Josh, there's so much that I don't even have time to get to. We have so much good content, useful content, not just filler shit on the site. And go to the Awesome Hall of Fame page. Check it out on Twitter. Like, people are winning a lot of money right now, and they're using these tools. It's an exciting time to be playing DFS, to be able to use these tools. And we've got weekly passes, monthly passes, annual, whether you want to do one sport or every sport, we've got you covered no matter what it is at awesomeo.com slash join. All right. Oh, and help us get to 30,000 Twitter followers on uh, on Twitter at awesome underscore com. More importantly, though, follow Josh at Josh Engelman and myself at Lafayette underscore D, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. All right, ready to close it out? Let's do it. 
Brooklyn playing their second leg of a back-to-back. Kevin Durant missing both of these games. Uh, I, I had them. I laid the points on Brooklyn yesterday against Sacramento because they are bad. I'm laying the points on Phoenix tonight against Brooklyn playing their second of a back-to-back on the road. Phoenix just chopping metaphorical heads off on the hardwood lately. Suns are playing great basketball. I think this, I think Brooklyn needs Kevin Durant to beat them tonight, so that's just my two cents. But what are we doing with Harden coming off a big game and Kyrie Irving coming off a very strong scoring performance against the Kings? So I am doing basically nothing. Uh, I don't have any of these guys in the optimal lineup on FanDuel or DraftKings more than 9.7%. The highest owned guy in this game is James Harden at 12%. I, I guess that's fine. Uh, I find Brooklyn to be mostly uninteresting. I do want to point out on FanDuel today, I have uh, James Harden projected for 48.3 fantasy points. Alex has him at 49.2. So uh, what was a 10 plus point gap yesterday has been closed to 0.9. Now I don't feel as totally insane. I actually have more points projected to Kyrie than Alex does today. So I have no idea how we're reconciling this, but makes me feel pretty good because I haven't changed anything. <laughs> so uh, nice to see you near me now, boss man. Yeah, for sure. Needed um, it though. Uh, Cause I, I truly felt crazy to the point where if I looked at this and Harden was projected for 59 from Alex, I had to have like, I had to get 15 minutes on the calendar today to talk to him and figure out why <laughs> I've never been so like flummoxed by a, a gap in projection in my life. So this is tough for me because yesterday I thought Harden was in a very strong position. There were like Joel Embiid was out. There weren't a ton of high-end players. Today, you do have Giannis. You do have Jokic. You do have Lillard. You do have LeBron without Anthony Davis. That's one of the reasons it's really going to suppress the ownership on James Harden. Do I think it's crazy to run him out there in any spot when Kevin Durant's not on the floor? No. But I'm not surprised to see his ownership down, Josh. There are so many good players at similar price points and cheaper price points to James Harden. It makes sense. And I mentioned it earlier. I think Brooklyn, on at least on FanDuel, I don't have it on DraftKings in front of me right now, but I guess I could pull that information. I think Brooklyn is the worst team on the slate from a DFS perspective today. They're the, they're the team I will have the least of. Well, I wouldn't say Alex totally disagrees with you here. It is uh, 7% the highest owned player. There you go. I love about, it. And, and last one, just because of his price point, DeAndre Jordan. Any thoughts here? He did play 27 minutes last game, 37 prior to that, uh, before he missed those two games. Is DeAndre Jordan at all appealing against Phoenix? I'm curious to see if he starts, because he could be. Uh, I think he, he could be, too. He didn't start, but I feel it feels like him starting against DeAndre Ayton would be like a more reasonable stance. If he starts, I'd have at least a, like a small amount of interest in him. But I would much rather go to Al Horford at center. I would much rather go to Cantor. We still have Jokic and Towns and Aiton in this game. Center's pretty loaded today, so I wouldn't be all that worried about DeAndre Jordan either way. He looks a little bit better if he starts, though. From DeAndre Jordan to DeAndre Aiton. Amazingly, DeAndre Aiton looks years older than DeAndre Jordan, but that's not the case. The guy looks like he's, you know, solid 45, Josh. That makes him look youthful as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) On the floor for Phoenix, him, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, all of these guys playing great basketball. But from a DFS standpoint, it's been kind of tough to to hit your cart to the Phoenix Suns lately. Yeah, I don't really see much here from a DFS perspective. They're finally back. 
and at full strength. Everybody is here. So, you know, Chris Paul is going to play his 33 minutes. Campaign is going to back him up. Uh, DeAndre Ayton is going to play his 32 to 34 minutes. Dario Sarge is going to back him up. We're going to split our wing minutes. Devin Booker is going to play 34 to 36 minutes. None of these guys stand out. It, it, it is a great matchup in terms of like being paced up against a team that's terrible defensively, but Phoenix is so slow because of Chris Paul. Nobody's picking up a ton of ownership. I think they're all like 10% ish type guys. Unless somebody gets ruled out, uh, I see Phoenix as filler and uh, I will not have large exposure to the late night hammer, which is scary. All right. Free content on the site today. NBA player rankings, PGA pro plays, NHL player and top stack rankings and the NBA deeper dive. You can't beat it, Josh. Just throw free content out there like nothing. You cannot beat any of that free content. Uh, Plus, uh, Ben Razin and I will be recording our PGA contenders, our best bets later today. That'll be going out. We'll have multiple hours worth of shows coming up later after this. We It just never stops. Whether so it's free content on the website or shows on our YouTube channel or podcast feed, we have so much on a day-to-day basis. It's insane. It is. And be sure to start your morning off with Josh Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday? What? Monday through Friday? Yes. The, the process show is it Monday through Friday, Monday through Friday, 630 a.m. 630 a.m. Goes through the process of, of making the rotation, setting the minutes and all of that great stuff. It, it should really help you guys. And it's enjoyable. And, um, you know, you'll have to deal with him, but he's going to give you good information. So be sure to check that out. And coming up later, it's the tip off show, followed by Deeper Dive, followed by Live Before Lock. PGA Strategy Show at 2 p.m. today. NHL Strategy Show with Jake Harry and Cliffy at 3 p.m. Like Josh said, it never ends. Oh, and you get the Game Plan Show at 3 p.m. as well. I don't know which one of our amazing... Oh, it's going to be Sean's on. So just, just hang around. That's a premium show, but we got you covered throughout the day. Anything you need right here at the Awesome O YouTube channel. Show some love. Hit that thumbs up and subscribe before you head out. Josh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, that is it for me. I got to go record with Ben Raza. And then go Liverpool. Champions League is back. Red Bull Leipzig, they're going down. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Josh and I back here tomorrow on the Strategy Show.